welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a trying, trying year. We have finally reached the end of 2020. Uh, we're, we're limping to the finish here, but we are back to do our sixth annual end of the year best of music podcast. You got Jake and Sean on the horn. Everything's all right in the world. Jake, how's it going? It is going, man. We So this gets covered in the post show, and I, I don't want to go on about it at great length, but uh, long story short, I got COVID, and big friend of the pod, Mary Kate, got COVID. Not a fun last couple weeks. Um, yeah, don't recommend it in general. Don't, you, you, don't catch it. Don't catch COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't have if I had my druthers, Sean, but... <laughs> But here we are. Look, um, man, I think um, you and millions of others are in the same boat this year. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, that, that you had to go through that. Uh, I do not wish that on anyone. It sounds like an awful experience. Um, obviously, life has been different for all of us this year. It's been a lot harder. Even the simple things are harder. Um, I think music listening in uh, the podcast have been no different. That has not been immune to the circumstances of this year. Um, if you're a listener of this podcast, you probably noticed that we're doing less of them this year. Um, that is not a surprise given all of the circumstances that people are dealing with. Um, Jake and I were talking in the book before we got on the, the horn here about just how our music listening has changed this year because of the circumstances and the energy that we have to dedicate to that. And that's sort of where I want to start with this episode, Jake, before we get into our, our favorite songs and favorite albums of the year is how did music listening change for you this year? I know we, we checked in a little bit on certain episodes throughout the year just to see how we were both doing with it. But now that we kind of have the full view and we are in the last week of the year, how would you say it's changed? So in terms of new music, which is probably the, what we'd call the primary focus of, of this podcast over the last five full years now which wow. again is crazy yep. um it, it it was lesser this year the amount i listened to new music was well i mean relatively speaking like compared to the average bear like the number of albums i listened to was still probably a lot it was yep. over 100 whatever but it went down from previous years by a good amount i had less energy mentally to dedicate to listening to new albums i kind of was more content to just stick with the ones i was comfortable with and that i would that were really resonating with me and i also went on way more deep dives on older bands than i have in years and i had two of my biggest like return to kind of a older artist phases i've ever had this year with the band back in march and then with the kinks in like july august yeah. So I had two like huge kicks on older artists that I had never really discovered, which I, I can't think of the um, uh, the most recent of those for me other than that. So like the, the, the kind of the vibe of my music year was very different than it has been since we started the podcast in that major chunks of my music listening year were really dedicated to like these kind of like obsessions that had nothing to yeah. do with new music coming out. And it affected the amount of albums I listened to, I, I, I think I listened to significantly less than you this year by probably, I don't know, probably 30 even. I didn't count, mm. but it, it's significantly less. Um, 
And I think it's reflected in the rankings. Like, I think my lists are solid. I wouldn't change them. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure I missed some stuff. How about you? How, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, pretty similar in a lot of ways. I think I had less energy and mental capacity to dedicate to the obsessive music listening that we've become accustomed to. Um, and that is reflected, I think, in our ability to do this podcast and in just the total amount of music that I listened to this year. I listened to probably a similar amount of albums in terms of uh, new ones that came out this year, but the time I spent listening to those was diminished compared to years past. Um, and my total minutes that Spotify gave me at the end of the year reflects that as well. I listened to probably 20 or 30,000 less minutes of music this year than I did in the past. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, this has just been a tiring year across the board. Whether you got sick or not, whether you were dealing with the economic fallout of this year or not, life was hard for people across the board. Um, and I think it was hard for all of us in our different and in own unique ways. For me, a lot of it was, I just want quiet or I just want to sit with my thoughts or I just, I don't have the ability to connect emotionally with music in the way that I did in the past. And I think that's what, what I come back to is so much of the um, fire that keeps me going with listening to new music is the emotional connection that I'm able to establish with that. But this year, because I think emotions were so frayed and fried for a lot of the year, I just did not have the energy and I did not have the, the emotional or mental capacity to do that. Um, I was still able to establish a connection with a, a lot of albums this year. There's a lot that I love and I will kind of continue to listen to those albums going forward. But I'll always look at this year as sort of like a, a hard one in terms of being able to do this thing that I love, which is listen to music and sort of like connect with it. Um, I just didn't have as much space in my life to do that. And that makes me sad in a lot of ways, but I also have to understand that's just how it was this year. And that's how it was for a lot of people. And maybe it'll get better next year. Maybe it changes from here on out. This is just a different thing for me. But I think there was a remove, there was a numbness, and there was a arm's length that I had to keep music and other things at this year because of the circumstances. Um, so, yeah. And that goes even beyond... I think what we've talked about in past years, because this has been a through line of the past couple years for us with music, where even if you're the number, the amount of minutes you've listened to music weren't going down yet, or you, we still had kind of taken our foot off the gas on yep. the attempt to be comprehensive in any way. Yes. I feel like the first couple years of the podcast, we had this notion that we were going to like really cover everything. And actually, yep. Looking back at that, it was like pretty fucking ambitious. Like very the and it's like it's a young also, man's game, Jake. And also like rot with folly because like the amount you miss, even when you think you're listening to every album that's important, is absurd. Yep. Exactly. You know, there's so many different avenues, whether it's through local music, which was a total blind spot for us. Nothing we didn't yep. listen to any of that. Or like um, pick a genre and and yeah. We're we're a mile wide, but an inch deep with a lot of it. You know, we're, we're, we're interacting with the best of each genre, but we don't have a comprehensive view of like the year in fucking jazz or rap or no. I think 
we probably can hang our hat on is like indie rock, but like that's not the most compelling genre anymore. It's certainly not the one that matters culturally as much anymore. Um, yeah, it's, it is. It's kind of a fool's errand to think that you can be comprehensive. And so I think what it is, is that in 2020, there's both the, conf- there's the confluence of a couple things. There's that natural trajectory we've been following of like, okay, the podcast is really more about us as friends and how we experience life through music. That's kind of more what it's about. Like it has less become about any notion that we're informing people about up and coming music. Cause it's like, right. people don't need a podcast for that. People no. don't use a podcast for that. They don't even need incredibly popular and successful music websites to do that anymore. No. The, the, the way that music um, culture and criticism and the way we follow music has changed even in the five years we've been doing this podcast is insane. Like it was feasible five years ago to be like, you know what? There is room for a music podcast where, where we talk about this stuff. There's not anymore. Everything feels like noisier and like more <laughs> lost than ever. Like there, there absolutely things that have weight behind them. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. And, and also like the kind of music podcast like that, I, that I would listen to, like I've even fallen woefully behind on, on IndieCast, the Stephen Hyden, Ian Me Cohen too. I've listened like two episodes total. I yeah. just don't have the energy. Well, because the approach they take is kind of the approach of like, let's cover what's going on lately. And I've realized that like as a listener, I don't really want that or need that. What I loved and what I don't think is coming back, sadly, at least I haven't heard news of it coming back, is music exists with Chuck Klosterman and yes. Chris Ryan. I don't think it is. I think it was a one and done season. Because, I mean, I'm sure it couldn't have gotten much listenership. I don't think it was like very popular. I think it weirdly did maybe. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I, I would love for it to come back. But my whole point is that like they didn't cover here's the latest releases that right. you're going to listen to. They were like talking about like Music as an idea. Yeah. And like they, they would talk about just like whatever band or artist filtered through your life at a certain point, like how it made you feel and like how it made you the prism through which it made you see life events. Like that's yeah. what I'm interested in. Me that's too. way cooler. Me too. Um, I think that's a great point. Talk about Taken and before we get into our lists, um, I asked you a similar question in the pre-show after show of you know, what, what films or television impacted you this year. I want to know, before we get into the 2020 stuff, Jade, what pre-2020 music did, did you interact with this year that you hadn't before that had an impact on you? I know you mentioned the Kinks and some of these other band and phases like that, but I think those were artists that you had already discovered. Was there any artist that you had discovered this year that you hadn't uh, before 2020? Oh, wow. So I think my answer is actually those bands in a way because, okay, okay, I'll say the band is my answer because they were, I had never gotten into them remotely the way I did this year. I had listened to some of their stuff and it never even resonated with me, honestly. The Kinks is like, yeah, I liked Village Green and I liked Arthur. So that I, I see what you mean where like that doesn't totally yep. count. But with the band, it was like this all of a sudden night and day switch where it was like, oh, I love this. And like, it's all I want to listen to for weeks on end. And yep. like really affected me for um, like a, 
a month. I was like a total obsession. And it was like, it's that good feeling that it's hard to come by as you get older where it's like, okay, like I'm obsessed with this thing and I want to know everything about it all of a sudden. Yep. So th- th- I think that would be my answer. That's a good one. Uh, to put things into context for you, I started off the year hot in terms of, um, I, I really wanted to make an effort this year to go back and discover old stuff that I hadn't been able to before. So for the first three months of the year, Jake, January, February, and then into March, I was able to discover 26 albums that I had never listened to before. Um, and, and, and my answer here is actually Outcast, which I, yeah. I got to do back in uh, January, uh, almost a year ago. That was sort of my big deep dive and it gave me an appreciation for, for Outcast that I had never had before. I think what's interesting is if you take April through the rest of the year, the amount of albums that I had discovered was only 37. So I almost hit the same amount of discovered albums in the first three months of the year that were really pre-COVID. Um, and my, my discovery of new music outside of things that were released in 2020 fell off a fucking cliff uh, after March. Um, there were a couple months here and there where I, I had some good stretches and I did have a nice little stretch with Sun Kill Moon. This was before the, uh, the problematic news came out about Mark Kozelik. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, it was outcast for me, but I, I think it was really interesting that I was listening to a lot of other music in January, February, and even into March, and it really did fall off after that. Um, that's kind of the tale of the tape for the year is COVID just wrecked any ability to like put time or effort into new stuff um, outside of 2020 releases. So that was kind of my big takeaway. You know what's one I'm kind of overlooking now that I think of it is, um, is the – country and country rock phase of the last couple months i was gonna say you did have a big kind of stretch with that where i'm looking back at my discovered albums right now from this year and i have a ton of like i have this whole stretch where in so starting i think in august it looks like i go from waylon jennings Dreaming My Dreams, Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson with the album waylon and willie then a willie nelson album then another willie nelson album and then um there's oh even before that there was a uh, link ray who wrote that song um that's on the father john misty ep the uh, right. fallen rain song yeah which i think actually kind of kick-started all this because then it was willie nelson waylon jennings lucinda williams yeah. waylon jennings loretta lynn dolly parton dwight yoakam emmy lou harris yeah. like there's this whole just like straight up like i'm trying to find this country fix. I'm trying to figure out like where I sit with this genre and like all yep. of a sudden I'm excited about that. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that's a cool stretch. I'm glad you were able to do that this year. Um, but yeah, just overall, I think it was harder to, to dedicate time uh, and effort and energy to that, which is understandable. But with that being said, Jake, let's go ahead. And this year's breakdown is a little bit different than years past. We're going to do song, our, our top 50 tracks and our top 50 albums in the same episode. Um, I think we're going to kind of speed through some of these just again, who has the energy, Jake? Yep. Um, not us. So let's go ahead and let's kick off with our, our top 50 tracks. Um, I can start if you want. I'll do my, sure. my through 41 we'll rotate to you and then we'll kind of go back and forth until we go through um so my my 50th track here jake uh, i've been accused of not liking run the jewels no longer i i uh-huh. did rtj4 i've walking in the snow at uh, at 50 
At 49, I have Rainmaker by Bruce Springsteen, which I actually think is an interesting kind of like anti-Trump believer takedown song. Um, 48, I have Cardigan by Taylor Swift. 47, Leaning on You by Haim. Uh, 46, Limelight by Touche Amore. 45, Reach by Lomelda. 44, Can't Cool Me Down by Car Seat Headrest. 43, Kelly Lee Owens, Jeanette. 42, No Queda Nada by Arca. And 41, I Have Awake by Takei Maidza. Okay, interesting. Some definite like blind spots on my list. The Arca one is like, that's an album I just like never got to, even though it's supposed to be great. I'm going to mention this when we get there. Hey, I'll mention it now, Jake. Um, That Arca album was as accessible as I've ever found Arca to be. Wow, okay. Um, One that if you're like, "Eh, I don't know about Arca, try this one. Try this new one by Arca. It's actually, and I do think No Keda Nada is a beautiful track. It's, it's, I think it's the closer on the album. Um, Very worth checking out. Okay, cool. So my number 50 is real estate paper cup it's this is a song that snuck onto my that's a great song yeah snuck onto my best of the year playlist early in the year and i just like kept it and it, it I, as a result listened to it a lot 49 i have the beauty of breathing by jeff rosenstock 48 um medane do you know how it's pronounced medhane medane m-e-d-h-a-n-e oh. the rapper i don't think i listened to that this year i'm not positive how the actual name is pronounced i've been saying medane uh, the song I'm Dead Ass. Um, <laughs> number 47, I have Gil Scott Heron uh, reimagining by Micaiah McRaven. The song I'm Not Here. I'm New Here. Sorry, I'm New Here. Hmm. Uh, 46, I have Waxahachie, Fire. 45, I have Moses Sumney, Polly. 44, I have Bob Dylan, Murder Most Foul. 43, I have Run the Jewels with Ooh La La. Uh, yeah. 42, I have local band Heavy Talk with the song Anxiety Archipelago, which they released this EP in like January and this song made it onto my playlist. I've heard it just like a million times now. Uh, 41, Car Seat Headrest with Martin. Is that where we're stopping or am I going to 40? Uh, 41, we'll stop. Okay. Um, so my number 40, I have Four American Dollars by U.S. Girls. Uh Gotta have boots to pick yourself up by those bootstraps. Uh, great line from that. Um, 39, Processed by the Boys by Proto Martyr. Uh, 38, Hard on Everyone, Kathleen Edwards. Nice. Uh, 37, Endless by Pine Grove. This was one that I think uh, we can all sort of relate to. Uh, is life kicking up dust right now, Jake? And kind of the whole it feels endless thing. Um, 36, I have I See You by Phoebe Bridgers. 35, Only the Strong by Laura Marling. 34, September Again by Nation of Language. Nice little synth pop jam there. 33, Boomer by Barty Strange. 32, Don't Ask Me Twice by Porridge Radio. And 31, I have The New OK by Drive-By Truckers. Um, Couple of nice releases there that we'll get to in the album's talk, uh, but I loved the new OK. I think that spoke to sort of the the moment as good as any song has this year, to be quite honest. Very nice. That I, I think I'm picking up on a trend that's really interesting. I think this probably started a little last year too. Our picks from albums that are probably on both of our lists 
have have maybe never been less in alignment, which I think is pretty interesting, actually. Where where I think like when I hear the songs you mentioned from an album, like when you said only the strong from Laura Marling, I'm like, oh yeah, I love that song. It's not the one I picked, but I love that song. Do you feel like when I say these, you're like, yeah, that's a Sean track from that album? I don't know. I don't even. I mean, maybe in some cases with that one, not particularly, but okay. like th- there probably are examples of that. Yeah, I think that can be pretty obvious with me sometimes the kinds of songs where it's like, okay, like if that's one that he's like, Jake is yeah. always going to like that sort of song for some reason. Um, okay. Speaking of Laura Marling, number 40, I think this is one of two songs by her on my list. Held down is the, is one of the ones I put on number 39, father John Misty two S uh, 38 Neil Young with try. I included the Neil Young album. Cause fuck it. I listened to it. A I, lot. it I had, I had to not include Neil Young in my top 50 albums or songs technically because that, that like was supposed to come out back in the seventies and I needed a way to make sure I included other things that came out this year. It would, there would have been songs and that album in my ranking if I decided to not have those weird rules. I, I just included it cause I was, my mentality was it, it was new to me, new to everybody. So whatever. <laughs> Uh, number 37, I have Dogleg with Kawasaki Backflip. Number 36, Kelly Lee Owens with On. Number 35, Caribou Magpie. Um, number 34, Jeff Parker with Narciss. Number 33, Touche Amore, Come Heroin. Number 32, Tim Heidecker, Backwards. Uh, number 31, Kathleen Edwards, Glenfern. Glenfern, that was going to be my other pick. From that Kathleen Edwards album. Yeah, great track. Uh, my number 30, I have Fox by Dogleg. Uh, I think that technically came out in 2019, but I, I look at that as a 2020 song uh, from, from that album. It's one that I removed it from my list because it made my list last year. But if it didn't make okay. your list, there's no reason. It to. did not, and it did not last year. So I did. I wanted to include that this year. 29, Q Synthesizer by Destroyer. 28, Eternal Summer by The Strokes. We saw that performed live at the Bernie Sanders rally in New Hampshire. Not really understanding how good those new songs actually were because the sound uh, in that arena sucked. Yeah, Um, it did. 27, Be Afraid by Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. Uh, 26, At Meh by Playboy Cardi, who has a new record coming out on Christmas Day. I am so pumped for the new Cardi album. Uh, 25, I have Enemy by Charlie XCX. 24, my first of two Fleet Foxes tracks, I have Sunblind. Uh, I actually watched the Fleet Foxes um, Very Lonely Solstice concert uh, that he performed, Robin Pecknell performed at, uh, in, in some cathedral. Beautiful. Really, really hammered home how good these songs are. Uh, Was that... Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Was that where he performed for like colbert too it was like in a cathedral it probably was okay it must have been it must have been the same but they did like a a live stream on monday night um and i ended up purchasing it and watching it and it was beautiful it was actually really really good um 23 i have red eye by young boy never broke again young boy nba wow Uh, yep 22, I have Futsal Shuffle 2020 by Lil Uzi Vert. And then number 21, I have Celebration Station by Lil Uzi Vert. A little back-to-back Lil Uzi. That's right. Okay. 
My number 30 is One of Tricks Point Never with Long Road Home. Number 29, I have Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Oh, yes. A true huge pop hit. A massive massive hit. hit. Yep. Number 28, I have Jeff Tweedy with Opaline, which is, this is an album that snuck into my rotation late in the year that I, it actually is on my list, is this Jeff Tweedy album that came out this year. Number 27, Tame Impala from Borderline, which is the only time you will hear from them on either list, I assume, for both Correct. of us. Correct. Uh, no, Jake, it's my number one album of the year. Well, okay. Well, I forgot that. I for, uh, that was sort of like, I thought that was accepted. Um, <laughs> number 26, Jason by Perfume Genius. Number 25, Exile featuring Bonnie Vare by Taylor Swift. Uh, 24, I have Haim with Los Angeles which I think is maybe not one of the more obvious picks from that album, but I like the way it opens opens the album. It sets a tone. And the reason I pick it is that it always makes me want to listen to the album because it it welcomes you in so well. Um, 23, Pine Grove with Moment. 22, Dead, Ha Ha. Number 21, Waxahachie, Can't Do Much. Nice, awesome. Uh, My number 20, Guilty Conscience by 070 Shake. This was a very early 2020 song. Kind of rediscovered it recently and was like, this is a fucking jam. Uh, Comes in at number 20. Uh, My Fiona Apple representation, Jake, from Fetch the Bolt Cutters, Cosmonauts, coming in at number 19. I kind of agonized over what song to pick from that album, and I finally landed on Cosmonauts. Um, Number 18, some Dream by Perfume Genius. What an album. More from that coming later. Um, 17, Gospel for a New Century by Eve's Tumor. 16, Desire by Dead. 15, Wishing Well by Juice World. 14, actually, no, sorry, I'm down to 13 here. Dollars on My Head by Gunna featuring Young Thug. This made it onto my jump rope playlist, Jake. I have listened to Dollars on My Head so many times this year. Nice. Bang or just in passing, whatever. Um, so that gets in at number 13. Number 12, Murder Most Foul by Bob Dylan. Um, wow. Okay. Now, look, I've only heard this song probably five or six times total. But the last listen I had, what an achievement. They're like, A, it's like the, just the, um, the arrangement's beautiful with like that violin and. The, the lyrics are some of the best Dylan as uh, like fantastical storyteller that like he's ever put down on paper. Um, so Murder Most Foul, even though like I didn't listen all that much, it's just, it's an achievement. It's um, also, it's also him like weirdly capturing the zeitgeist and historical flow of the last 50 plus years somehow, like it, all in one song. I mean, it helps that it's 16 minutes long, but Rub-a-dub-dub, it's a murder most foul. <laughs> yes, what a lyric. <laughs> Love that guy. Um, and then number 11, I have On the Floor, Perfume Genius. That is one, so I'll get to that soon enough, and that is one of our closer song rankings. May end up being the closest we have of any song. We'll see why in a, while, in a little bit. Uh, number 20 for me, Phoebe Bridger's Garden Song. 19, I have um, Big Friends of the Pod, Something Something with All for Nothing. 
um, 18, uh, Fiona Apple, Shamika, mm. one of my two Fiona Apple uh, inclusions on the list, so another to come. 17, um, I put Destroyer, Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Yeah, so good, dude. That album's so awesome. It's awesome. very good. That album's great. Had a little rediscovery with it late in the year. Hell yeah. 16, Lamelda with Kisses. That became my favorite song on that album. 15, J Electronica, The Neverending Story. 14, The Strokes, Eternal Summer. 13, Gia Margaret, Body. The Love second track with the narration by... I forget the name of the guy where he's like talking about how our body becomes a burden to us. It, for reasons I can't fully explain, this song makes me really, really emotional. And I've listened to it so many times this year. I do think this guy is actually sort of maybe loosely related to like the psychedelic movement. Yeah, he is. What he's talking about there is sort of this idea of like, we, like our bodies are just these vessels and we're actually like, eternal beyond our bodies yes exactly um and i love that that whole album it's gonna rank on my albums list and maybe we can talk about it there but that song makes a lot of sense in the context of that album and her losing her voice and sort of having to relearn this and i feel you know my body is like a cage in this way um great pick big friend of the pod kevin kelly always has asked me this question what song do you want to die to or can you imagine dying to? And I never have had really a good answer because it always feels like if I, there's so many songs I love that it's like, it would be weird to leave others out. This feels like a song you could die to because this feels very like leaving your body behind. Yep. Um, I don't know. There's something about this track that really just totally gets to me. Um, number 12, Phoebe Bridgers again with Kyoto. Number 11, Fleet Fox's Featherweight. Mm, all right. All right. My top 10. Coming in at number 10, The Ascension by Sufjan Stevens. Number nine, Ordinary Talk by Halfwaif. The line, singing at the stars, fumbling for my light, laughing at the TV, doing all right, really just gets me. Um, especially when it's followed up by everybody knows it's only for the night. Um, I think really speaks to 2020 in a way where like, I think we all found refuge in front of our TVs and sort of escaping into entertainment in a lot of ways. Um, That song spoke to that ordinary talk. Um, Number eight, I have flux capacitor by J electronica. Number seven, I have fire by Waxahachie. Number six, Graceland two by Phoebe Bridgers. In outtake from the Boy Genius Sessions, uh, no surprise that that ended up being my favorite from this album. Um, getting into the top five, I have You'll Miss Me When I'm Not Around by Grimes. Number four, I have Scram by Jeff Rosenstock. Um, I think there was a lot of anger this year about what was happening and how our leaders had failed us. Um, in particular, I think there was a weekend there where we thought maybe one of these people was going to. Uh, bite the bite the dust and uh the the line where where rosenstock screams uh <laughs> go kick rocks and die is one where i i i i like that 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 kind of satisfied that anger that's a song i went back to a lot um number three featherweight by fleet foxes number two anything by adrian lanker if i'm in the right right mood that song will make me cry 
Um, and then number one, my number one song of the year, I have Lilacs by Waxahachie. Wow. Okay. We, so as I'm nearing my top 10, we have some intersections here Okay. of like, not any that are in the exact same place, but like songs that are pretty close. Um, so number 10, I have Laura Marling song for our daughter, which has become my favorite on that album. I listened to her song exploder episode about this and it really yes. hammered home how beautiful the string arrangements are in it and everything. It's, it's an incredible song. Number nine. And I think this is where our rankings are closest overall, like position by position. I have perfume genius with on the floor. Cause yours was 11 for that. Right. Correct. Yep. So really close. Um, what a freaking bop that song is, man. So good. It's so good. And it mixes all of the great like emotional heft of what's so good about Perfume Genius into this like incredibly danceable, catchy track. That album's incredible. It's um, so good. More on that later. Exactly. Uh number eight, I have Grimes with Delete Forever. Seven, Andy Schaff, Where Are You, Judy? Six, I have Heim with Gasoline five Gasoline. yeah so good yeah. just it's it just sounds like a cheryl crow song from like 2003 yes. love it uh five adrian lenker anything so really close okay. on that one yep. too close four fiona apple ladies 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 uh, that one that one was um in consideration for my list as well i don't know if i'm coming across but i'm really trying like one of the lyrics that has hit me the hardest this year for sure. Um, three, Phoebe Bridgers, Graceland 2. So very oh, close yeah. on that one as well. Two, Dead, Loner. Yeah. This was one of my most listened to songs of the year and it just puts me in an instant like good mood, which was what yeah, an pretty, album. pretty necessary this year. Hard and to come by. Number one, Fleet Foxes, A Long Way Past the Pass. This one just missed my list. I really wanted to include it. I, I wanted to try and limit to two songs per artist here, but man, what a song. It's so good. I love the way the horns bounce in the chorus and just like, it's really hard on a Fleet Foxes album to pick a favorite track. I know. I, so like, that's why and it's true of a lot of these albums where it's like, you know, you listen to the Fleet Foxes entries that you had versus mine. It's like, wow, like I could have really picked any of those. This was yeah. the one from like maybe my third or fourth listen on where I was like, this is kind of just my favorite song, even though I love all of these. So that, yes, um, I love that. That's a great pick. Great pick for number one overall. Awesome. So there you go. Um, great, great tracks, Jake. Let's transition into our album rankings here. How about you go ahead and kick this one off? Give me your, your 50 through 41. Okay, so here we go, starting with number 50. Against All Logic, 2017 to 2019 is my number 50. Wow, nice. Glad that made it on. It missed mine, but I'm glad that got some representation. There might be some of that from my list to yours, I bet. There will be some, because okay. I've just like the number different that I, we, we've listened. Um, yeah. We just had more. Yeah. Um, number 49 Matt Berninger's Serpentine Prison. Um, just did just enough to get on my list. Not an album I love, but I definitely like enough of it where it fit a mood for, for a week or two there. Um, yes. 48, I have Mike with Weight of the World. Mike is a rapper who I've been into for a few years now who this is maybe my least favorite of his projects, frankly, but um, still enjoyed it enough to make the list. 47, um, 
I have Paul McCartney with McCartney three. I've only listened Fun to album. I've only listened to it twice. I don't even think it's great, it, but it's, but it's Paul McCartney. It's fun. It, it makes me happy just to hear him. Yes. Agreed. So it's going to be on my list. And it's like, Hell this yeah. dude is still kicking. He's still doing his thing. It just makes me happy. He exists. Yep. And I, I made a point to not include the Tame Impala album on this list. And Same. I'm happy that Paul McCartney makes it onto the list. Instead me of too. I, I am too. I, who am. I just I like that you, did, you purposely did not include it. Cause honestly that doesn't deserve it. It's a no. gettable ass album. And like, maybe you'll eventually be able to say the same for McCartney three, but I think what's cool about McCartney three is that he's still taking chances with his career that like, he absolutely is not in the position where he needs to do it. Not McCartney needs to prove literally nothing. No. So like the fact that he's making this album where he plays almost every instrument on every track and it's like, is everything remember memorable? Like, is everything great? No, but it's still fun. But it's well done. It's quality. And it's McCartney. Like, yeah. That counts for a lot. Yeah. Um, so 46, I have uh, microphones in 2020. 45, Taylor Swift, Evermore. This is one where it's just, I kind of like, it's definitely pretty good. And I kind of just threw it near the bottom of the list because I haven't listened to it that much yet, but I generally like it. Mm-hmm. 44, I have Father John Misty off key in Hamburg, the live mm. album put out. That's right. In, in this brief Father John Misty phase I had earlier this year, this was big. Uh, 43, Medane, Cold Water. 42, Angel Olsen, Whole New Mess. And 41, Bob Dylan, Rough and Rowdy Ways. Ooh, very close in our Bob Dylan rankings, actually. Okay. Uh, so to kick mine off, I actually have a – I did agonize over which albums to include in this 50. Um, there, there were a few snubs here. Um, that I did feel legitimately bad about and I agonized over so much so that I'm cheating in doing the old there's a tie at number 50 uh, thing where I have Bruce Springsteen letter to you at 50 tied with Fontaine's DC a hero's death at 50 okay that got on your list huh I wasn't gonna include a hero's death I was like ah that kind of like didn't land with me on my my re-listen when I was making this list I was like you know what this is actually pretty good. I think it's going to keep growing on me. I'm excited about what this band's going to do next. Um, so that did sneak onto my list. Number 49, I had Soccer Mommy with Color Theory. That was another late entry on here where initially that kind of missed the mark with me. Went back and re-listened and, and really did enjoy it. 48, I have Nation of Language with Introduction Presence. 47, Sufjan Stevens with The Ascension. Um, decent album. It's a little overlong. I think the strongest parts of this bookend the album. I think the first five or six tracks are great. I think the last four or so tracks are great. A lot of noise in the middle, but still makes the top 50. Um, 46, I have Purity Ring with Womb. A great return to form for Purity Ring, a band I had kind of written off that put out a really solid album this year that I don't think should be forgotten. Um, 45, I have Real Estate with the main thing. Uh, again, a band that I had sort of been like, yeah, I, I kind of grew out of real estate really came back strong this year. I was impressed with the main thing. I listened to that kind of a lot. That's cool that you have both those albums on here. I didn't get into either of them enough to rank them, but that's, that's, I'm like, I'm surprised actually they're, to hear they're on your list in a way. They're, they're very good. I, I, I like credit where credit's due. Like they, they put out solid albums this year. They're not reinventing the wheel. It's like, yeah, it's very much a real estate and a purity ring album. But like, if you want that, it's good. Like it's, they're good entries in their discography. So I'm happy those came out this year. 
really quick, if I can't tell, are you clicking between tracks? I think it might be getting picked up by the mic. Oh, I will stop clicking. Just that. in case, because yeah. I, I don't want to like have people, not that, I mean, whatever two people listen to this will thank us for yeah. the True, yeah. true. 44, I have Christian Lee Hudson with Beginners. This was a Phoebe Bridgers produced album, part of that Phoebe Bridgers acolyte orbit. Um, it's sort of like this folky singer songwriter thing. It's good. It's very, very solid. Uh, check that if, out. If you haven't. I realize that this track is not a Phoebe Bridgers track, so it's kind of inappropriate even to mention it here. But like, if there was any one artist who's sort of like of in our satellite, in our like in the in the music we listen to, who kind of won the year, she's got to be up there, right? One hundred percent. She did win the year. I, I really think she did. Yeah. She's bigger now than she's ever been, and she did it in a year where like music was kind of left behind. Yeah, I mean, like she she shot ahead to a place where she's like legitimately like mainstream popular now in an indie sense, but also like kind of in just a mainstream sense. Yes, yes, and and she is great at playing that game, Um, and she knows how. She's got a great online presence. Um, Yeah, hats off to her. More more on Phoebe later. Uh, 43, I have Bob Dylan, Rough and Rowdy Ways. 42, I have Arca with Kick Eye. And then number 41, this is one that I think you should check out, Jake. Uh, big friend of the pod, Kara, turned me on to this one. Ichiko Aoba with Windswept Adon. This is a Japanese artist, and the best way I can describe okay. it is sort of a, a, a mashup of Joanna Newsom. Japanese film scores and like a little bit of Fleet Foxes all rolled into sort of this like um, ambient tapestry of like soothing sounds. Um, I, I think you'd really like this. Yeah, dude, that sounds this like a for the Jake first time mood board last week, but I think you'd really like this album. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, was that your 41? That was my 41. Okay. So my number 40. I have Young Jesus, Welcome to Conceptual Beach. Oh, yeah. 39, um, local band I mentioned earlier, Heavy Talk with their first EP, self-titled Heavy Talk EP. Really quick listen. Worth, it, it's fun, kind of like emo adjacent. Um, 38, Car Seat Headrest, Making a Door Less Open. I ended up actually really liking this album. and I. Very, uh, in fact, Jake, it's my 38. Is it really? It's my, it's my 38. Yep. Wow, there we go. That's the most exact we've been on anything. This album did not get enough credit and look i think hollywood's a bad song i think if you it's take terrible though this album gets way better um and i think it's popular and easy to shit on car seat headrest and will toledo at this point but sounds pretty good there's some solid songs on here i really enjoy it i think other than hollywood which i just skip which is rare for me yep. to skip a track Yep. And that's why it's not higher on the list and why it's just here down at 48 or 38. But um, I enjoy this album. I like a ton of the songs on it. And like, yeah. I don't care if there's one bad song. No. Um, 37, Moses Sumney, Gray, an album that I think is both brilliant and a little impenetrable at times. Um, especially for an artist who like I really had on my radar big time coming yeah. into this. I, I would have expected this to be a little higher. Yep. Still like it a lot, though. 36, Mary Lattimore, Silver Ladders. This is one that uh, you turned me on to, Sean. Um, 35, Juliana Barwick, Heal- Healing is a Miracle. I got to say, Jake, our, our 40 through 30 is very similar. Really? Okay, I can't wait to he- hear yours. 34, 
I saw that you did this. I actually, I'm, I'm not positive if you kept it this way, but I did the Drive-By Truckers album as one thing. I did. The unraveling, yep. the new okay. When I was yep. like just quickly glancing at your list, I saw you did them together. So I was like, I'm going to do that to make it easier. Yep. Exactly. Um, so that's 34. 33, Dogleg with Melee. 32, Cloud Nothings, The Black Hole Understands. Yes. Um, and 31, Touche Amore Lament. Hell yeah. Great stuff. Uh, my number 40, Takei Maitza with Last Year Was Weird, Volume 2. This is an Australian rapper who put out one of the tightest uh, two little 27-minute albums of just banger after banger. Um, one of the tracks was on my top 50 tracks featuring JPEG Mafia. Highly recommend checking that one out. Um, not a oh, That's like not even on my radar. Like the, I don't yeah, it wouldn't have been if it wasn't for big friend of the pod, Kara, turning me on to it. And she has lamented uh, the fact that she's like, why aren't more people talking about this? I was like, well, it's because she's a rapper from Australia. And like, that's, that's your... But... Some of the songs on here, she's like, if this was an American, it'd be a top 40 radio hit. And it's absolutely true. Um, Number 39, I have Gunna with Wanna. (laughs) When I first heard this album, I was like, this album sucks. (laughs) Like, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) I love Gunna. I was like, this is bad. (laughs) Here we are at the end of the year, and it's my 39th favorite album of the year. There you go. Um, 38. Car seat headrest, making a door less open. 37, I have tours with Silver Tongue. Um, oh, wow. Uh, th- I, so the first six tracks on here are awesome, and then it tails off towards the end. But I, I kept going back to this album, like, kind of a lot. And there's a handful of songs on here I really, really like. Um, so if you kind of slept on that, I recommend checking it out. 36, I have Juliana Barwick with Healing is a Miracle. 35. Wow. I have Moses Sumney with Gray. Uh, I agree with you, Jake. I think it is a little impenetrable. Um, Moses Sumney in this album in particular is the perfect example of an album that is objectively like an achievement and is an artistic statement that I think is like really impressive, but it's not an album I wanted to go back to a whole ton, a whole lot. Um, And I, I had to ding it a little bit for that, but it still definitely makes the list because it's still very, very good. So I That's exactly how I felt. That's the same exact yeah. thing where it was just like, well, I see what he's going for. It's really cool. I kind of can't always be in the mode of this album. And it's long. Other. It's long. It's like a two-parter. Like the first part came out in the first half of the year. The next one came out in the second part. So, yeah, it's like it's a lot. It's, it's an experience. Um, it's not one you're going to be like probably chomping at the bit to go back to all the time, but it's, it's very, very good. Number 34, I have Taylor Swift with Folklore. Um, I did not rank Evermore. It was a little too fresh. And, and to be honest, I think there's parts of Evermore that are forgettable mm-hmm. um, compared to Folklore, which on my re-list, I was like, holy shit, this is like good all the way through. Uh, yeah. Folklore is very impressive. Folklore is definitely better. And Evermore is on my list as like, I listened enough times to know I liked it and to know that probably when I look back, I'll want to have seen it represented, but I totally get not ranking it. And honestly, like probably just could have done that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 33. I have Mary Lattimore with silver ladders. 30. I have the strokes with a new abnormal an album that Billie Eilish says is one of the best albums that has, that has been released over the last few years. Not one of the best strokes albums, one of the best albums, period. Billie Eilish really likes the new Abnormal. 
That's like pretty cool. If I was the cool. Strokes, I'd be pumped about that. Like that's, yeah. that's that's high praise. I agree. And then at number 31, Jake, I have Drive-By Truckers. I combined the unraveling and the new OKs, and some of those songs came from the same sessions. And I actually think it's really interesting to look at those um, together because the unraveling was written and came out before COVID hit. And then the new OK kind of was like the exclamation point on the end of the unraveling. Um, Drive-By Truckers, man, like they, they put out some of like, I think the the best like protest music that has come out yep. this year in a, in a weird way. Um, so I had that at number 31. We really did have a very similar 40 to 31. A lot like, of similar albums. Yep. I think like four different albums that were on our yep. list at one place or another. Um, okay. So number 30 for me, Father John Misty Anthem plus three EP. Yes. Um, I ended up listening to this a ton. It was always good to turn to. It's yep. covers. It's an EP. Is that kind of cheating on an album's list? I don't know. And I don't really care. 29, Objective. Soccer Mommy, Color Theory. I ended up really liking this album. And oh, it's yeah. just a nice little vibe of like kind of like early 2000s music nostalgia yep. that I ended up coming back to. 28, Jeff Rosenstock, No Dream. 27, The Soft Pink Truth, Shall We Go On Sinning So That Grace May Increase question mark yes question mark <laughs> uh 26 gil scott heron micaiah mccraven we're new again uh reimagining of a gil scott heron album that i got a, a lot of early in the year listens to yeah. 25 tim heidecker fear of death 24 taylor swift folklore 23 destroyer have we met 22 kelly lee owens inner song and 21 is where I put Neil Young, Homegrown. And I understand nice. that we kind of follow different rules about that, but it, yep. that's where it is on my list. Great album, honestly. It's, it's honestly really, really good. That spoken word track about him down in Florida or whatever with the hang glider accident and like the baby. crazy. Like, very affecting. Like, you can, if, yeah. if, if there was a sound that marijuana made, that would be the sound. <laughs> Dude, it's so true. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's like that drone in the background, like the way your ears ring sometimes. And like, he's like, "Man, people are walking around and they're, they're drinking, drinking pop. <laughs> they're drinking pop from long straws, and everything looked so nice, and the sun was shining, and like you know, and they, they, then there were these gliders in the sky. I said, I can't believe it. <laughs> like, dude, what? <laughs> unreal unreal crazy album but i but i have to say that the songs um the first track which the title is kind of eluding me for some reason um but the song try um the song kansas um bunch of tracks on it are grown yeah homegrown um we don't smoke it no more what that is Separate Ways is the one I was trying to remember. Separate Ways, yeah, yeah. Great. Oh, That's a, I, I love that album. Honestly, it would have ranked high for me if I didn't make a rule so I could just include different albums. Like, yeah. I included Neil Young. I would have had to kick off like probably like that Purity Ring album or something along those lines, you know, where I was just right. like, they deserve a shout out here. Neil Young's Neil Young. Like he's True. No, it's fair. Uh, my number 30, Jake, uh, I have Gia Margaret with Mia Gargaret. Um, this album's awesome. I listened to this a lot. It really scratched that itch for me of like that sort of instrumental ambient zone. You mentioned that track. Um, Body. Word piece on it. 
Uh, this is coming on my list too. Yeah, really, really impressive. Um, number 29, I have Angel Olsen with Whole New Mess. I think some of the tracks that were reinvented here with sort of that um, dialed back acoustic sound uh, highlighted certain tracks for me that didn't get highlighted on um, her album she put out last year that I'm blanking on the name of. But there were other songs that I think were, uh, their impact was lessened as well. So kind of um, an interesting uh, one-two punch there with those two albums the last couple of years with Angel Olsen. 28, Jason Isbell and the 400 unit with Reunions. Um, honestly, as g- this could have ranked higher. This album's really good um, and is one that like just, I, I got to say 2020, as shit as the year was, now I, I, this top 30 or so, some strong ass albums in this top 30 um, for me. And, and Reunions is an example of one that just like, that's kind of where it had to be because of the strength of some of the other ones, but could have been higher. It's a great example for me of an album that unfortunately I just slept on for too long. And like, I, I listened to it a handful of times when it came out. I really liked it. And then I just didn't listen enough through the year and I couldn't in good conscience rank it in any way. Fair, fair. 27, I have Barty's Strange with Live Forever. This has been getting a ton of love on end of the year lists. Um, a really interesting kind of combination of different indie genres and, and sounds that I'm excited to see what Barty Strange does next. Um, 26, I have Dogleg with Melee. Um, I, I, I'm actually a little surprised this didn't rank higher for me. Um, I just, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't in the mindset to latch on to this album like I would have maybe a year or two or three years ago. Um, but it still ranks very, very high for me at 26. 25, 10 Tricks Point Never with Magic, 10 Tricks Point Never. Um, named after our uh, former local Boston radio station, Jake, Magic 106.7. Um, kind of blew my mind when I realized, A, this album was named after that, and B, he takes his name from that radio station. I think that's really, really cool. I think the weekend track on here is great, and 10 Tricks Point Never has kind of like entered into this other phase of his career where he's sort of this, I don't want to say mainstream success, but much more mainstream than he was even a he's, couple of years ago. He's way like, better known. With, with the Safdie brothers on Uncut Gems and on um, a couple of their other movies. So really cool, really cool album. Number 24, I have Grimes with Misanthropocene. 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 Remember how much we struggled with this, Jake, back when we were talking about the album in February or whatever? Still struggling with it because it is hard to say. Um, a lot has been said about Grimes this year. A lot has been said about Elon Musk. A lot of noise there. Um, they kind of annoy me for different reasons, but there's some great songs on here. So I had that coming at number 24. Number 23, I have Lil Baby with My Turn. Um, I always think of Lil Baby and Gunna as sort of a pair. Lil Baby definitely put out the better album this year, though. I think Lil Baby's the more talented artist out of the both of them. Put out a really good song um, after the George Floyd murder of uh man what was it fuck um the bigger picture after all the protests it was about the protests not something little baby are gonna normally talk about um but i think he's kind of branching out and doing a little bit more number 22 i have the cloud nothing or cloud nothings with the black hole understands um a Bandcamp only release that i don't think enough people heard there's some great songs on here um, feels like a quarantine album, feels like a 2020 album with a lot of the stuff that was talked about there. 
And then number 21, I have Destroyer with Have We Met. So you going through your list just there uh, gave me a stunning realization that I had mistakenly somehow, I, I, unless I somehow already said it, but I can't imagine I did. I somehow left the Grimes off this list. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so said it yet. what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a tie later in the list. I don't like doing it this way, but I'm just going to, I threw it tied with another one because I'm not removing another album at this point. I like it. Yep. Um, That's so cool. I just like kind of put it in a spot and cool. I don't really know how that happened because, but whatever it did. So that's where we're at. Uh, 20. I have Jeff Parker, Sweet for Max Brown, a little jazz for you, a little modern oh, yeah. jazz. Yep. Number 19, Pine Grove, Marigold. Um, 18, Jeff Tweedy, Love is the King. I ended up listening to this album a ton down the stretch this year. Jeff Tweedy's a great songwriter. And like, this is just a good like songwriter's album that resonated with me. 17, I have Something Something with Cycles, the local band, uh, big friends of the pod. And I, I think this is like the best album they've ever put out. Um, 16, Run the Jewels, four. 15, The Strokes, The New Abnormal. 14, uh, Gia Margaret with Mia Gargret. 13, One of Tricks Point Never with Magic, One of Tricks Point Never. And here's where I did the tie. 12, I had Waxahachie St. Cloud. I'm now going to make it Waxahachie St. Cloud tied with Grimes, the nice. Misanthropocene, because um, I missed it. But uh, both those albums are deserving of a spot around that area. Yep. And then 11, Adrian Lanker with Songs and Instrumentals. Awesome. Great. My number 20, Haim, Women in Music Part 3. Uh, number 19, I have Dead, Flower of Devotion. Number 18, I have The Soft Pink Truth, Shall We Go On Sitting So That Grace May Increase. Number 17, I have Laura Marling with Songs for Our Daughter. Number 16, Touche Amore with Lament. This has been one that... So I think we lost Sean. This year, and I've been listening to a lot of my albums. Oh, I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay, I lost you for a second. So either okay. it'll probably skip. The last thing I heard you say, um, I think you were talking about... What's the last album you talked about? Uh, Touche Amore at number 16. Okay, just in case, that's where we were at. That's the okay. last thing I heard, so, okay. Awesome. Okay, number 15, I have Lomelda with Hannah. Uh, had a great listening experience camping with that one. Just kind of put it on repeat. It was around the Ruth Bader Ginsburg death news when things really, really seemed like, wow, this is, like, bad this year. Like, things were already bad, but that was just another thing that was shit. Um, but I was able to listen to that album, have a good experience with it. Um, 14, I have Pine Grove with Marigold going all the way back to January of 2020. Feels like a different year entirely. Um, but that maintained as one of my favorites this year. That divide of like early album, early year albums seeming way older than usual is like that divides way wider than it ever has been this year. It's never felt more more that that way than this year because it, of pre-covid post-covid yeah. stuff that's dude i still remember driving into the office listening to that like every day in like the last couple weeks of january or whatever it came out um different world entirely entirely different world um number 13 i have kelly lee owens with inner song 
Number 12, I have Half Waif with The Caretaker. Listen to that one a lot. That, again, that was another one that was like, this is a COVID album. This feels like a you're speaking to these emotions this year album. Number 11, before I get into my top 10, Charlie XCX, How I'm Feeling Now. That, the definition of a COVID album as well. Um, Charlie XCX, I think, is the maybe one of the most interesting pop stars, like mainstream pop stars we have right now. Um, How I'm Feeling Now is one of her best ever albums. Okay, so for me, top 10. Here we go. Here we go. Number 10, Dead, Flower of Devotion. Number nine, J Electronica, Written Testimony. Or as a British person would say, a written testimony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number eight, Andy Schaff, Neon Skyline. I love that this made it into your top 10. Like, of course it did, because I know how much you love this album. When did that come, by the way? This was like a January release. Yeah, man. Holy shit. And this is one that I want to say when we did our June, like, halfway through the year podcast i think i had it at like number two or something <laughs> i think you did crazy i i think this album is like a total gem yep. and worth a listen for sure even if you don't end up loving it like it's uh not you i mean the listener generally it's like it's just a nice little like song cycle about being with friends at a bar so it's like you actually so really, it's a science fiction album yeah right exactly this is a science <laughs> fiction record that's a great way of putting it this will never happen again um <laughs> Number seven, Lamelda with Hannah. Uh, this is an album that I really liked when it came out. And then a couple weeks ago, I, I texted Sean about it. I was like, oh, I like rediscovered it completely yeah. Yeah. and had a nice little run with this album. I love it. Um, and, and so it ends up ranking very highly here. Number six, Laura Marling, Song for Our Daughter. Another beautiful entry in her discography. She continues to, to rack those up. Mm-hmm. Number five, we're getting into some heavy hitters here. Top Sean. five now. Number five, Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. At number five. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's number five. I think five. it would have been very easy this year to just say like, yep, Fiona Apple, album of the year. Um, not the case for me either. Yeah, I mean, this is our ranking. This is favorites. And like, I, I love this album. But if I was being real, these next four – I listened to more often. I reached for more often. And I had more of a, an intimate connection with, but Fiona Apple at number five, like I love this record and I listened to it a great deal when it came out and had a real moment with it. Um, it is hard to separate some of the hype stuff that goes into it, but this is not, this felt like a natural ranking. This didn't feel like I was yeah. trying to knock it. Yeah, so, definitely. Number four, Heim women in music part three. Wow. Top five for Heim. Yep. Number three, Phoebe Bridgers' Punisher. Hey, Phoebe. Ruling the world right now. She really does. And uh, honestly, like this album, if there was going to be one that I would have, like if you asked me a month ago, if there was one that I would have knocked for its hype and like not ranked as high as I should have, it would have been this one. And then I had another little phase with it. And I was like, like, no, "No, it's like actually really incredible. Yep. Number two. Perfume Genius set my heart on fire immediately. Number one, Fleet Foxes, sure. So there you go. Awesome, awesome. Great top 10. Great pick for number one, Jake. Um, Let me me do mine, and then we'll we'll discuss a little bit. Yeah, compare notes. Lil Uzi Vert with Eternal A Take. 
Um, <laughs> I listened to this a whole lot early on in quarantine, um, like a lot. It's one of my most listened to albums of the year. Look, it's a little long. There's some filler in here. I don't care. The highs are high. Um, wow. What, what, what an experience. I love that album. I have a quick story about that album, just yeah. really, really quick. Where yeah. Today, it's more about the podcast and the nature of even doing this. So, like, I knew for a fact that would be on your list. Yes. And I listened to that album. I didn't dislike it. I just never got into yeah. it. I never took time to really listen to it. So, today, of all days, like the day yeah. of the podcast, I'm like, you know what? I'll, like, pop this on and, like, I'll give it a listen so, like, I understand it more. I played it for 10 seconds or less. And then I was like, what am I doing? I, really, <laughs> I was like, this, this is not the way to listen to this and also Dude, you were doing the benedict cumberbatch like people who say they hate trap music are listening like this yeah and again i don't claim to hate it but I, but I, what it felt like was cramming for a test or an even better comparison is like when you are out of the habit of flossing and you have a dentist appointment and you floss the day of and you're like this will do like that was the equivalent <laughs> of me trying to listen to eternal a take today and it was Dude, just like me picturing you dusting off eternal a take on december 23rd of this fucking year you be like yeah 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 i'll get a sense for it now is so fucking funny to me because like you're so right like i way to approach eternal a take no and i i listened to i'm not even kidding you less than 10 seconds of the first track and then was like no, no why no. i'm gonna listen to another one that's on my list can't do it. Can't do it. I, that's fine. Number nine, Young Jesus with Welcome to Conceptual Beach. Um, okay, a couple, couple quick things about this one. I distinctly remember the first time I listened to this. I had been hearing the hype about this album from the Ian Cohens of the world and on Twitter, a lot of buzz. And I just had the feeling, I was like, you know what? This could potentially be one of those albums that's like a, a foxing mirror, my God situation where it's sort of like this really emotionally soaring record. And um, I remember having kind of a difficult day and, and when I have bad days, sometimes what I try and do is take a bath, and light some candles and listen to music. And I decided to put this album on and I immediately knew one track in, I was like, I'm gonna really, really like this album. And um, it just really stuck after that. And I ended up having an amazing, amazing, listening experience to this while I was camping on my own back in September this year, Jake. There was one song in particular um, that I was listening to that actually uh, hit me in the right way and made me cry. Um, so I had a really effective wow. kind of relationship with this Young Jesus record. It's probably one that I've, uh, probably one of the strongest emotional connections to, um, and that's why it slipped into my top 10 at number nine. Number eight, um, I have Phoebe Bridgers with Punisher. What else can be said about the year Phoebe had? I, I mean, th this album, it, it's deserving of the praise. It's very, very good. Um, excited to see what she does next. I listened to this a ton. Um, had to be in the top 10 for me. Number seven, I had Jeff Rosenstock with No Dream. Um, I think this, this completes kind of a trilogy of albums that started back at the end of 2016 with Worry. Um, I, I look at Worry post and no dream as sort of this trump trilogy uh of jeff rosenstock albums that i think speak to the experience of just being a regular person um during this time like no other record on this list or that has come out over these last four years 
Um, there's a lot of anger in here. There's a lot of frustration. And I think that was really fitting for this year because I felt that way a lot of the time. And No Dream was an outlet for that. Um, I love that album. I think it was excellent. Number six, Jay Electronica with a written testimony. Um, I think this was my number one album at the mid-year mark. And um, it, it fell off a little bit, I guess. I didn't listen to it as much as I maybe would have thought, but definitely still has to be there. Um, and it's my favorite rap album of the year that came that was, out. Th- really quick, that was the same experience I had. I don't know if it was my number one, but it was, I think, number two or something like that on my mid-year list, really high. And it fell off a bit too for me, where I think just like the initial sheen and mystique of the album that hit wore off. And like, as I listened later in the year, it hit me more and more as like, okay, it's as just music somehow. Yeah. And still very good, still really liked it. But there was something about the way it hit me the first 10, 15 times that will never be recreated. Agreed. And it came out at such a specific time of the year. It was like early, early lockdown, early, early COVID. Um, That's going to be an interesting time to look back on. Um, and there's a handful of albums, whether it be Jay Alec or Lil Uzi Vert or Half Wave, that are really specific to early lockdown um, that I'm going to be thinking about for years to come. But yeah, I had that in number six. Number five, I have Adrian Lanker, uh, songs slash instrumentals. I'm kind of combining both of those together. I think this is some of Adrian Lanker's best songwriting. I think this is right up there with UFOF or Capacity, her best things that she has put out. Um, I'll be interested to see if she reworks any of these songs for the next Big Thief record. Um, but songs like Anything are absolutely astoundingly beautiful. Um, and I love that album. I don't think it got enough attention for how good it is. Number four, Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Uh, this felt right for me in terms of rankings. I think, I, I, I think ranking it higher than this would have been doing a disservice to the three records um, I'm putting above it. Um, it's obviously an achievement. It's probably objectively the best album that came out this year. I think that is uh, reflected in a lot of the end of the year lists that have come out. Uh, so I have that at my number four. Uh, my number three, Perfume Genius, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. Um, wow, what, what an album. I, I think this is the peak that Perfume Genius has hit so far. So many good tracks on here. There could have been many that made it into my top 50. Um, but I, I, I re-listened again today and loved it even more. Um, so I think this is going to be one that stays with me for years to come. Uh, absolutely love that album. In a, in a catalog of like a, a bunch of really good albums, this is the most I've liked a Perfume Genius album by like kind of a lot. And like that's yeah. really saying something because No Shape I thought was really good. Like he has a good catalog that he's strung together and this is by far the most I've liked one of his albums. Me too. Me too. And, and that's saying a lot because those other albums are very good. And I actually had a little phase with, um, with Perfume Genius Records early on, uh, or back when this album came out, I was like, I'm going to go back and, and listen to some of those. They all hold up. They're all very good. But I do think Set My Heart on Fire Immediately is a cut above some of those other ones. My top two. Number two, Waxahachie, St. Cloud. Um, as someone who has always been lower on Waxahachie, I was kind of blown away by this album. Um, I think the sort of blend of indie rock, folk, country, Americana sound was just chef's kiss. Perfect. Um, Feels like a mature album. I think it's absolutely the best thing she has put out. Um, Also, I had a very, very specific memory of listening to this album 
on one of the few really good days this year. It was still relatively early on in quarantine or lockdown. It was May. Um, the weather was starting to get nice, and I had some uh, leftover wood pallets. that I was like, you know what? I can do a little project with this. Um, and I ended up building like a little bench for my patio and like a little table or whatever. And I remember the end of that day, um, the sun was starting to set. I was listening to St. Cloud and fire came on. Um, and I remember just this nice like orange hue of the sun setting on my back deck. And I was like, today wasn't so bad. In a year that is shit, today was a good day. There were precious few of them, but I will never forget listening to Fire specifically on my patio. Um, and I kept going back to this album uh, the rest of the year. I listened to it a ton. It's one of my most listened to, um, which leads me all to my number one. Uh, I also have Fleet Foxes with Shore. Um, so, wow. What, what, what else can I say about this album? A few things. One, the emotional connection I was able to cultivate with this album. Um, transcended I think any of the other ones on this list in a year that was lacking for that emotional connection with music Fleet Foxes was there to kind of like do that and Fleet Foxes their music has always been sort of that emotional um like sweet spot for us Jake and Shore was a pretty perfect culmination of years of listening to this band um I think it introduces an exciting new step for Robin Pecknold and Fleet Foxes. Um, I think it is a, a more mature release as well, where it's getting away from some of like that mystique that Fleet Foxes relied upon early on. And it's just getting into like, these songs are just great. And it's great songwriting. They sound lush as hell. They're impeccably produced. I think a lot of the lyrics on here resonated with me. We had a few songs that ended up on our end of the year list. Um, it just makes sense for Fleet Foxes in short to be number one for me. It was, it was probably my most listened to album this year. Um, it just makes sense. So I, I had that as my number one. Yeah. I, I think it's fitting in a way that it ends up unanimous, unanimous. There's two of us, <laughs> <laughs> but that it ends up on the top of both of our lists uh, is fitting. Um, it's and it's cool for that to happen from a band who we both value so much. Yep. Like Fleet Foxes is one of the most important bands in my life. Like I've listened to, I've been into them since I was, you know, since we were 18 and yep. uh, their discography means a lot to me. And for them to release a surprise album that is as good and hits as many of the boxes you'd want it to for, for Fleet Foxes in terms of like, yes, it both accomplishes some of the sounds that you associate with them, but also moves them in new directions, like you said. And it just packs a punch. All the songs are really there. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. And it was a great place to escape to. Yeah. When, you know, throughout the year since it came out. I mean, it's only been out yeah. since, since September. But... Feels like a long time ago, though. It does. And it, I have some really distinct memories of this, too, where the the like time and place memory I have with this was... Um, I had just gotten back from the trip to Florida I took near the end of September with, uh, with big friend of the pod, Trent. And I came back home and I had to go to this wedding. And I was a little like anxious to go to the wedding and there were going to be people there and stuff. And I was in this weird kind of discombobulated mood where I had just been flying and I'd been out of state and like, 
I listened to this album, I think a couple times that day, like driving around trying to get shit in order and like get my yep. suit ready and stuff. And like, yep. it was the most beautiful. So this was on the date was, I think it was October 3rd was the wedding. So this was the most beautiful fall day you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Like just a perfect, the, the, the platonic ideal of how you picture a fall New England day, yep. just warm enough. And this album was like perfect for the mood. And like I, Robin Pecknold was very, very particular and specific about releasing it at the autumnal equinox. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. On September 21st. And yep it makes sense it's a master stroke because it was wow. like for where i was at it was the perfect to use your word sean balm for yes whatever anxiety Absolutely. or kind of discombobulation i was feeling it grounded me big time and like put me in a very good mood agreed um it was needed it was very needed um and i think this actually might be the first time we've aligned on an album of the year since pure comedy back in 2017 Wow, good memory. I because I, I would have to think about what my album. Because last year I had Wise Blood. The year before that I had Foxing near my God. Uh, then it was Pure Comedy, and then the year before that I think I had Bonnie Vare, which in hindsight I wouldn't. I would absolutely have Blonde by Frank Ocean for 2016. But oh uh, right, yeah. I think I think. I don't know what you, I know you didn't have wise blood and I know you didn't have foxing. I don't remember what your albums of the year were. I haven't looked in a long time. So I, I have to check back. I don't really remember, but this uh, is the first time I think we've aligned on. I believe you did have pure comedy as your number one. back. Here. Yeah. No, I think I did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the first time we've aligned on that. And it makes sense. I mean, look, fleet foxes, father, John Misty. These are meat and potatoes, like hang your hat on them artists for, for Jake and Sean in this podcast. So I think it is fitting that in this difficult year, we kind of gravitate back towards our old favorites. And it is, it's possible that of the six times we've done this end of year wrap up podcast, that it's only those two where we have lined up. Cause I know we didn't in 2015. It is. It the is. Year, These are the only two times that is correct. I didn't have, I love you, honey bear. I had nope. whatever you, um, you had to pimp a butterfly. That's right. Okay. Wow. Which is like, yeah, of course, obviously. Think about how long ago that, that is. Like, To Pimp a Butterfly feels like this, like, untouchable, like, canon album now. I know. From a different, like, era entirely. We were doing the podcast when, like, that 2015 one's, like, weird, though. It, it's definitely weird. Yeah, but it's the first one we did, so. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, another year in the books, Jake. Uh, very well done. Great list by both of us. I think they're both like accurate to, to our oh, yeah. music. So um, hopefully there's some stuff in here that uh, any listeners maybe missed and we'll go back and listen to. But um, for anyone who has stuck around this long, thank you for listening. Um, I do think 2020 will, will definitely mark sort of like the, the different era of this podcast. We'll see how 21 goes i mean life is getting in the way for a, a myriad of reasons but um it's not going away it's just no. different it's um, different and it has been so, this year it's probably yeah. going to be similar to what it was this year exactly how many total podcasts did we do this year um maybe a dozen yeah like 12 yeah which feels right yeah i mean i would say we, we averaged one a month yeah about so yeah. Here we are. That's probably that's about true. the pace going forward. There were years we did every single week. Think about that. I know. I know it, man. I know. 
like there were years where we like I can't imagine that now. Think about that. There were like for a couple of years there, I think sixteen and seventeen, we were really really strict and would basically I mean, not it, skip a week unless we needed to. It helped that we literally lived in the same house or yeah. were literally five down the street or whatever. Each other down the street, so like that that's different. And we were younger, we had more energy, we had more time for those things. So yeah, it makes sense. And think quickly about this. Like we have been recording the podcast remote now for months and I, I sometimes forget we ever did it in person. Like, isn't that, I know, isn't that crazy? Actually. Um, it, it's kind of sad. Jason Tatum just hit an almost buzzer beater bank three to beat the bucks. There's 0.4 seconds left on the clock. And as you were saying that I was like, Oh shit. And he's got like, afro this mini afro going you look sick dude is the game over do they lose uh there's there so boston's up 122 120 there's 0.4 seconds left he just hit this step back bank three rainbow fucking three whoa and he's he's giving like the the three balls damn jason tatum me too he's sucks dude wow okay so i am gonna see if maybe i can stream the last couple seconds of that Oh, yeah. All right, Jake. Well, good podcast. Cool. Let's hope next year's better. Thanks, everybody. Bye, listeners. Bye. On this computer. All right, we're recording. All right, after show, pre-show, the once in future pre-show. Um, man, what a fucking year. Yeah, it has been quite a year. Um, listeners, uh, I got COVID and yep. uh, my girlfriend got COVID. Mary-Kate, big friend of the pod. Big friend um, of the pod. We're both okay. Um, nothing, you know, she was pretty sick. I, I was a little sick, not too bad. Um, but we got it, man. We fucking, we had COVID. And uh yep. Hit close to home for all of us, Jake. It has. It, it I, has. I, I have a friend who's had it. You. I mean, I, I'm feeling this more than anyone. It, exactly. It, in fact, it might have been harder on you these past couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> in no, many but I, I'm. It sucks that you guys got it. I mean, I'm glad you're both doing better and that it wasn't worse. Obviously, a lot of other people are in the same situation. It's yeah. just hell of a year, man. Yeah, it's and all we were doing the board. all we were doing was going out to clubs and bars every night. That's it. You know? <laughs> we were pretty safe other than that. You know, dude, okay, this is this is a phenomenon that has definitely happened where there's people who are like, you know, I I I've been safe. I don't I don't get it. Like I I I have a COVID bubble. Like I but like the people in their quote unquote bubble are all going out restaurants and like I was safe this is this is the thing the people who get it are like not I'm not saying you or I'm not saying people who actually take it seriously but there are a subset of people who are like you know uh, yeah was I out at a restaurant and was I out at a bar with no mask on but like I, I wore a mask at some points of the night I was safe like I, I was safe this was dude this would be such a mo- good modern day Seinfeld thing I was safe I was safe I was safe. Now was the now did you take the mask off at the table or on the way to the table? Was it an was it an at the table mask removal? And and it would or be on the way. thing about it how was George, on the way. 
George is dating an anti-masker and wants to appreciate himself. And like, dude, we need George back for these dark days. And George would go to like an anti-mask rally with her. And like, that's where he'd catch it. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he'd catch COVID. And he wouldn't care. He, because he's so cynical. Like he doesn't care about the actual thing. Like he no. doesn't care about the cause. He's just trying to like have a girlfriend. And, and the end of the episode would be like him. The reveal would be he's giving it to both of his parents or something like that. He gives it to Jerry too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Jerry's got it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I've been rewatching quite a bit of Seinfeld with Kara and then Sopranos as well. That's been kind of the one, two punch there. Nice. It's like, Seinfeld while you're like casually around the, the the house like eating or just like when you don't have to totally pay attention and then Sopranos when we want to lock in you know yeah Sopranos is so good I I'd it's love so to go good. back and, and rewatch that or the or the wire something like that soon yeah because um, we're coming up on our on a little Christmas break here little <sighs> time Man, off. it is it's so needed and so I do this thing with every vacation where I assume I'm going to have all the time in the world, all the energy in the world to catch up on the movies, books, TV shows, and video games that I haven't been able to get to throughout the year because of work. I already know what's going to happen. Like I'm, I'm going to like maybe wake up a little too late one day. I'm not going to get the start on a day that I wanted. I'm going to get sidetracked with other things before I know it. It's going to be like that day's over. Like I was telling Kara, I was like, I need to treat this vacation like a job. Like I need to wake up, like shower, get ready, and then go sit and watch a movie at like 9.30 a.m. You know, like that's kind of how I need to handle this. Just crank through it. I got to go watch Tenet at like 9.30 a.m. That's actually an interesting way to approach it. Because yeah, same thing happens to me. I always have like kind of a mental list going of like, here's two books I want to read. Here's a full series I want to get through. You know, like a couple movies, and and then it's I never do even a fraction of it. I do no, ten percent if that. Like I have, I've I literally have a list of like ten or more movies that I want to get to over this break. I'll watch four movies total, probably, maybe if I'm and lucky. Like, and like that's even pretty good. And that's like a lot. Yeah. So I know I mentioned to you before, Sean, that I watched Being John Malkovich for the first time yes. over the weekend. That was pretty cool. I also watched for the first time. Uh, dazed and confused yes i watched this earlier in the year what'd you think really good not totally like what i thought it was same same it wasn't like what i expected and you know what i think it is we've been trained at this point now there's this meta quality to every high school movie or coming of age story because like it's it's been so done before that like it kind of has to take that perspective I was taken back with Dazed and Confused of how, like, just surface level, like, here's this story. Wait, there's no, like, metatextual sort of, like, commentary on this. It's just, nope, these are people in high school doing this. It was also, it's also just extremely character-based in that kind of Linklater way, which I really like. It's where it's just, like this is just happening to these characters and like it's either these interesting little vignettes with these, these interesting characters from the seventies that you're seeing. There's not this like intensely important main plot or like thrust right. of the story. I really want to watch those, um, those, uh, 
Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy movies, the um, the Before Sunrise, Before Midnight, Before Sunset. Speaking of this list of 10 plus movies that I have, I just uh, was running through. So HBO Max is finally available on Roku. They figured yes. that. So I was going through the whole list of movies and the Before uh, series is on there. And that is on my list. I, I, I Carol, she's like, Sean, you're going to love these. Like you have to watch these. So those are very high on my list. Yeah, they're they're on my like so long a list. I'll never get to all of it list, but they're they're high up there too. I want to see those. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, Jake. Uh, again, sorry to hear you had COVID, but glad to hear that you and Mary Kate are doing better. Um, I think, and we'll we'll get into this when we start the show. But I think everything about this year is exhausting and hard. Um, obviously the, the podcast and music listening in general has taken a back seat. Um, but glad that we were able to kind of get on the horn for this last one, do the annual, uh, best of end of the year stuff. We will be packing it all into one episode, but, um, five years of this now. I know. I, Back in 2015 was the first time we made these lists where I love you, honey bear topped my list. And it was the first time we did a podcast was, was that best of list in December of 2015. So we've been doing it for, this is the sixth of these podcasts. It's been five years, but this is the sixth one of these. Unreal. Cause if you think about it, it's like, if we were born on the first one, that's when we were that's zero. Right. You know what that's I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the sixth one. Man, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. It really is. Very different then too. Very oh, different world. We well, well, even the podcast. Like we made an aggregate list back then, and like that's right. We did that for the first few years, I think. Yes, we did, yeah. and it it became like why do that? Like I know it's actually more interesting to have our own lists. It I, is especially this year. I think we're going to see like a a big a big distinction between how both of our music years went. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's going to be pretty different. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I was thinking about that and I was like, you know, we got to, cause I haven't had a lot of energy. (laughs) I don't feel super understandably so to doing it, but it's like, uh, we got to do it. We got to have this document of all the podcasts we do. I could see a future where even if the podcast becomes less and less, regular as it already mm-hmm. has started to yeah where we still yeah. do this as a end of the year absolutely wrap up. like absolutely yeah um before we dive into the episode on its own jake do you have any like pop culture like what what was the defining like movie you saw this year that didn't have to come out in 2020 Ooh. Um, what was the defining like movie where you're like damn i got into that and i'm glad i did or do you have a TV oh, wow. or do you have like, what, what, what were some of those things that you had? Give me some of yours first. Cause I'm going to look back. So at the, the big one for bit. me, um, it's twofold. I think both the, the film and, and television one for me, uh, David Lynch, uh, I, I was finally able to, to take the time to get into. So back in May, I, I watched Mulholland drive for the first time, which absolutely blew my mind and is so worth watching um put that right at the top of your list jake but then come the fall i watched twin peaks um and then twin peaks firewalk with me the the movie and then i watched twin peaks the return um all are different and and 
amazing in their own way. But that that collection of Lynch kicking off back in May with Mulholland Drive, which technically I guess takes place in like the same universe as Twin Peaks does, um, and then being able to watch all of that um, series and, and the film Fire Walk with me too really was the next level of like a tour cinema and television that like I knew I was missing but had never taken the time to get into and that was that will be the defining thing like that is some of the best art I have ever seen in my life and I can't wait to go back and revisit and if anyone is listening to this and hasn't seen those before hasn't taken the time to start the Lynch journey highly highly recommend you do honestly I I do think a great place to start is Mulholland Drive Okay, that that's good to know. And like uh, we, because we've talked about this a bit, and I've not done the Lynch deep dive. It's something yep. that's still on my list. I got to do it. Um, so that's that's good to hear that it's so highly lauded coming from you. It's it's um, it's always looked at as like one of the best TV shows of all time. And Lynch is obviously a genius. And and people tell you that, but you don't understand until you watch it. And I think about some of the visuals. And just some of the things that were included in all these movies on a, uh, in all these things on a daily basis. There's one episode in particular from Twin Peaks, The Return, and I believe it's episode eight. Um, it gives you the backstory of the Bob character. And for anyone know, who knows Twin Peaks, you, you know what I mean by the Bob character. And it gives you the backstory. And it is one of the... It literally words cannot describe what the experience of watching this is. My jaw was open for like 40 minutes straight. Wow. Um, Holy shit. It's unbelievable. It is the definition of what film can be in that words cannot describe what you are seeing or feeling. Um, to try and do that would be a fool's errand and would be to diminish it. it. It's just such a collection of sounds and sights that make you feel something that literally nothing else can. Holy um, shit. No higher praise than this. Like it is one of the best and most impressive things I've ever seen in my life is this, like the series as a whole is amazing, but this one episode in particular was like transcendent. Oh my God. Okay. That is like, you would, you, your mind would be fucking blown by this, Jake. And, and for anyone who's seen it, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Cause it's wow. so horrible. Wow. I'm seeing it like right now in my mind's eye. And it's like, uh, I, I wish you knew what I was talking about, Jake. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At some point I got to do this. Cause yeah, that, you that's do. very intense. You do. And so, you can totally see how it falls, how Twin Peaks falls into the Mulholland universe as well. There's a lot to unpack between the two of those. Damn. Okay. So that's that's on the list. That uh, Wow. Okay. I can't. That's mm-hmm. very, very high praise. It is. It's like the highest praise I can give, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the best things. It's right up there with like Mad Men, Sopranos, like, but different and better in certain ways than, than even those are. Okay. Holy shit. All right. So my answer to your question, I'm going to say like three quick pop culture things. And then I have like a real answer. That's a a larger answer. So for movies, even though I like, I I don't know if it's the best movie I saw this year or whatever, in terms of movies that came out this year, the one that weirdly had like the biggest impact was probably Palm Springs. 
just because it was like yes. a comedy. I loved Palm Springs. I loved it. Was entertaining. It was like. Yep a fresh take on some of the time travel groundhog day type of deal. Love that movie. Um, for TV slash like reading it's, it's uh watchman, which I, I, cause I watched the HBO watchman yes. this year. I finally watched yes. it and reread the graphic novel. So that took up kind of like the early part of my year in quarantine was, was yep. this, this watchman uh, yes. kind of phase. And then my like real answer to what is the defining thing of this year for me, it's, it's video games because I for this year played video games for the first time in like over a decade, I got a switch played some uh, Mario Odyssey have been playing Mario Kart with Sean and big friends of the pod, uh, Matt and Josh Mm -hmm. um, and Trent different, Mm -hmm. different, friend circle and kevin and kevin and kevin yeah you're doing a lot a lot of different mario karting um and yeah it's been really big it's been like kind of the defining new entrant into the the my my circle that it was uh, i think a big thing for a lot of people this year because like what else were you gonna do besides play video games right Um, i got way way into red dead redemption 2 Mm mm-hmm was a nice escape for me that was a balm jake i've mentioned that earlier on this podcast as well but yeah red dead redemption 2 was big for me so dude when you say bomb or balm the yeah. i always think of it when i listen to conan o'brien's podcast because it's something yeah. he says sometimes oh still like any conan right exactly it'll be like and you know sona <laughs> this is a bomb for these trying times <laughs> that's, that's like me, literally the sean <laughs> that's my thing <laughs> that's awesome so conan ripped you off maybe he listen, maybe he's a big friend of the pod hey he might be this is where he calls his uh his funny takes from um i think it is uh lynch man you gotta yeah gotta get into that it's gotta happen you do yeah and it will um I wonder if Todd has watched that. Have you talked to Todd about Lynch? I feel like that's a I haven't. Thing. I haven't. I wouldn't be surprised if he has. It seems like a Todd thing that he's maybe seen. He does. It seems extremely his vibe. Yes, definitely. Cool. Um, all right. Well, you ready to dive into the uh, the music discussion here? I am. Okay. Now, how do we want to handle this, Jake? Do we want to still do pre-show after show is now just the new pre-show? Oh yeah, I mean, I guess we kind of didn't do it the way we talked about eventually doing it, but we can just, I'll put this at the end and you can start the episode okay. now. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that too. Me too. But sounds good. I will, I'll count us in and then we'll start as, as normal. That's fine. And cool. then we'll start from there. We'll go songs list first. Songs and then just list first, then we'll get albums. Yep, and we'll go 10 and 10 on both. Yep. Perfect. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. 